Amen. Once again, we are in our study, World Religions, Cults, and the Occult, number 13, Charismatic Chaos, part two. Mary, I'm glad you're here because I'm always pointing at you because you're right in my line of sight, in case you're wondering. The tagline is... All right, make it sound like there's actually more than four people here. Yay! Woo! Actually, hey, not bad. Praise God. Revi- hey, another person showed up. Revival. Woo! Yeah. But anyway, hey, that's right. The untold history of the charismatic movement. Now, by way of recap, because that's what we got to do, Jim. That's what we do here. Uh, we've been seeing that uh, the history aspect, the first part, part one, hence part one versus part two. Okay, uh, part one, dealing with a lot of their aberrant false teachings, even though, frankly, we've been still dealing with that in part two, haven't we? They're all over the place, unfortunately, because they're outside the word of God. We saw this whole movement. It's nothing new in the sun because that's what they say. Well, that's why it's so weird and you don't agree with it. And it seems strange because it's the latest move of God in the last days. No, it's not. Same old, same old. It's been going on throughout history for a long time. They say it one starts at Azusa Street. No, it's been going on since the death of the last apostle John, unfortunately. But since Azusa Street, early 1900s, uh, they it split and spread, and then they began to birth all kinds of denominations that birth all kinds of false teaching, including false gospels. Hello, including the Oneness Pentecostals in 1914, Assembly of God in 1914, Amy Simple McPherson Four Square Denomination 1927, Catherine Kuhlman 1933, Benny Hinn 1952 is when he was born. Uh, tent revivals busted out. We saw for several weeks in the 1950s. Why is that important? Because we saw that out of that has come with the 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 cesspool. I'll use that word pool of false teaching from these people called word faith teachers okay the name it and claim it the blab it and grab it group that unfortunately has become the face of christianity which is not the representation we want because it's a lie and even the lost know it folks and that's what's uh, unfortunate but that's what we've been dealing with now out of that tent revival came oral roberts and out of oral roberts we saw gave birth to this guy kenneth hagan and then last time if you're here we saw uh, dr creepy i mean kenneth copeland uh, uh came out of that as well working with oral roberts jesse Deplantis, same thing oral roberts creflo dollar interesting last name that's right read interesting last name there because that's what he's all about money 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 uh as well but they all came out of the oral Roberts, since we saw they all were on the board of guess what? Oral Roberts University. So a lot of that cesspool came out of there uh, as, as well. Okay. And, uh, but what we're going to see is it's not just men who teach this lie called word faith, name it and claim it, grab it and blab it. You're guaranteed perfect wealth and perfect health. That's right. Unfortunately, it's also whoa men for those of you hooked on whatever uh women get into it as well so once more time let's go back to our text that god warned us two thousand years ago unfortunately these people are going to lead many astray with this kind of lie in the church in the last days open your bibles to second peter second peter chapter two is the text there and we're going to take a look at it one more time and uh but let's take a look unfortunately not just women or men, uh, women are teaching it too. And we're going to hit just three highlights. Now, by the way, as you turn there, okay, man, we could spend, I kid you not, another 15 weeks, I'm not joking, at least just on the word faith teachers that are out there. And it's all the same program, all the same lie, the same media exposure, unfortunately, but we ain't got time. I want to try to wrap this up and get moving on. Uh, But hopefully by the last few weeks and now even showing ladies are promoting it too, unfortunately, you're getting an idea so that if if you are flipping through the channels and you see any basic premise of this, you'll know it's a lie from the pit of hell. Okay. So uh, again, it's so, cause you know, might get some emails. Well, how come you skipped over so-and-so? How do you get, I can't cover them all. There's that many of them. I'm not joking. 
Okay, so I'm hitting some of the highlights, the more popular ones, men and women will see tonight. All right, 2 Peter chapter 2, let's see what God warned us 2,000 years ago. Here's what he says, but there were also false prophets. What? Is that what the charismatic promotes to? You can still be a prophet today, a prophet of God, a prophet this, prophet, uh-huh, and a prophetess, they say with ladies too, among the people, uh, just as there will be in the future false teachers among you. And here's what they're going to do. They're going to secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them. And many of these people do, because uh, we're going to see some tonight. One lady actually says, if you don't believe that Jesus went to hell to die for our sins, you can't be saved. You, that, that's a false gospel. Oh, we'll get to that. Hopefully we make it to the end. Uh, but anyway, it says, so they're bringing what? Swift destruction on themselves. And nobody's going to follow them because everybody knows you stick with the Bible and you don't have prophets and apostles today. And, and the first thing you do when somebody says to you, hey, God told me to tell you is run. Everybody knows that. No, many, many will follow their shameful ways and bring the way of truth into disrepute against blasphemeo, where we get word blasphemy. What they are doing is blasphemy to God's truth, okay? Now, in their what? Here's the motive. Why are these guys doing this? Greed. Clearly Peter spells it out 2,000 years ago. These teachers will exploit you. They're going to use you. They're going to lie to you. You're just a, a, a means to an end. They want to rip you off of your cash. They're going to exploit you with what? The truth that they've desperately been studying because they've all got these degrees from Oral Roberts University. Oh, I'm sorry. Story's made up. God told me to tell you I had a vision. I was at the throne room of God. No, you weren't, you liar. That's a story made up, right? But here's the deal. Here's the payoff. They are reaping something. You might get cash here on earth, but look what you're getting from from God. Their condemnation has long been hanging over them and their destruction has not been sleeping. In other words, you don't want to be in these people's camp, man, uh, when judgment day comes, okay? And again, this is coming out of the charismatic movie, movie, uh, movement, whatever it is. It's something, all right. Uh, And it's not just coming from the men. It's coming from the whoa men, okay? We're just going, we only got time to hit three and I'm hitting the three most popular okay starting with this one now we've already dealt with her paula white okay back in our part 15 repeat after me part 15 now why do i say that because we're going to get into the aspect again that women are not called to be pastors and she's called pastor paula white i want to brush my tongue right now okay because women are not called to be. that's a false teaching okay so i don't have time to go into that we have a whole study on that on part 15. So if you want to do that, then please do that, okay, uh, and visit that. But Paula White, it says here, right here, is an American non-denominational, I'm not even saying it again. I'm not doing that. Okay, but that's actually what it says there. But again, is that right? Let me just give you a little teaser, in case you don't want, if, you, if you're, uh, the spirit of laziness is all over you, you don't want to go back to 15. But it, are women called to be pastors? No. Let me just give you a couple easy examples. Again, get the whole enchilada, okay, on part 15. 15, you guys are catching on, okay? First uh, Timothy 2.12, I do not permit a woman to teach or assume authority over man. How clear then can you get to that? Now, a pastor, you're teaching what? You're teaching everybody, including men. So that's a pastoral role. Now, ladies, can, you can teach other ladies. You can teach kids and things of that nature, okay? But God says, no, you are not to have that authority over man. How clear can we get, Okay. And uh, so that's one. But let me give you another one. These are qualifications for an elder, overseer, okay? Episcopos, same thing, synonymous terms, okay? And uh, let's, let's see if there, it leaves any room for that to be a woman. An elder, by the way, or overseer, that's a, 
uh, elder or shepherd, a pastor. They're all synonymous, right? Here's what he says, 1 Timothy three seventeen. This saying is trustworthy. If anyone desires the office of an overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. That disqualifies a lot of these people. Let's keep going on. He must manage his own household well with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. Uh, For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? He must not be a recent convert or he may become puffed up with conceit, fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders so that he may not fall into disgrace into a snare of the devil. Hmm. can women be pastors? <laughs> Anybody see something there? What, what's every single ni- time, every single time in just a few verses, what's God saying? It's what? Male, okay? Male leadership. And again, you could see that uh, a parallel passage, Titus 1, 5 through 10. The question of women serving as pastors, elders, is not a matter of chauvinism. It's not that men are superior uh, to women. God restricts rather the office of elder pastor to men only because that's how he instructed the church to function. God's God, he makes up the rules. If he says thou shalt not or thou shalt do, he makes them up, right? And it's for all time. Godly men are to serve as leadership with godly women, women serving in other, listen, crucially important supporting roles. Everybody's role is important. It's not an issue of chauvinism or sexism. Or none of that stuff. It's just not everybody's doing the same thing and it's okay, right? So why do we have to keep pushing that envelope? But that's, that's one big obvious thing. So calling pastor or, or Paula White a you know what I'm talking about. Uh, that's wrong, okay? So that, that, but, but again, that's just the tip of the iceberg of all the false teachings that's coming from this lady. And again, she is the one with the word faith. And again, as we've been seeing, not just the men, but the ladies, what's called the prosperity gospel. Can we translate that, folks? That's called false gospel. It's a false gospel, okay? But anyway, she's known for her show, Paula White Today. She was the co insert there, uh, of a church in Tampa called Without Walls International Church. She became the chair of the Evangelical Advisory Board in Donald Trump's administration. She's the one who gave the prayer, the invocation at his inauguration on January 20th, 2017. She's listed uh, number three on the 50 most powerful uh, people in Orlando Magazine in 2017. And here's how it apparently went down. In 1984, while living in Maryland, she converted to Christianity. Okay, take that by faith. Uh, and, uh, and, and this was at a, quote, Damascus Church of God. Church of God, as we saw before, you got some serious false teaching there. And again, you're getting instantly in the charismatic loop. Now, quote, she later claimed to have received a vision from God. Now, again, what's the key word? Every one of these guys do, according to Second Peter, they what? They snare you, they hook you into this, okay? Their motive is greed, but they snare you with what? Stories made up right? But she was supposed to have received a vision from God shortly after her conversion. Quote, when I was just 18 years old, the Lord gave me a vision that, listen, every time I opened my mouth and declared the word of the Lord, that there was a manifestation of a spirit where people, listen, were either healed, delivered, or saved. Really? Well, why don't you open your mouth and start walking throughout the United States and save everybody? Every time you open your mouth, you just said God told you to tell us about you, that you're so important that you open your mouth and people get saved. Oh, by the way, she said not just deliver, but what? 
healed. Why don't you open your mouth right now and heal everybody of the coronavirus? I'm, hey, I'm just, this, this is supposed to be from God. You had a vision from God. God told you, why ain't you doing it? Oh, by the way, how come Kenneth Copeland right now, Jesse Duplantis, Creflo Dollar, and all these other hucksters, including the ladies we're going to look at tonight, how come right now they're not calling Donald Trump? She's got an easy end. She's on his uh, advisory board. She could say, hey, 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 we're going to hear, we're going to save the economy. We're all going to get together, and we're just by the power of our words, we're going to get rid of the coronavirus. How come they're not doing that? I wonder if they're canceling services. Where's your faith? You see, see what I'm saying? This is ridiculous. If anything, this coronavirus thing going around has really uh, unveiled these people. But listen, she says, but listen, listen to the flip side. She you know, says, every time I open my mouth, everybody's gonna, somebody's gonna get saved, delivered, or healed. But when I shut my mouth, they fell off into utter darkness. Who do you think you are? God in the flesh or something? But that's their false teaching. Remember the little gods? Okay. Anyway, but uh, supposedly she said, God called me to preach the gospel. Uh, well, first of all, that wasn't God. And second, what gospel is it? Because we're going to see it ain't, the, it ain't the, the real gospel. You're preaching a false gospel, right? But anyway, so this is in South Tampa, okay? And uh, it was founded by then spouses, uh, Paula and her former husband, Randy White. But it began in 2002 in the location. They began to expand to Lakeland, Florida. At that time, the church reported 14,000 members, uh, and then eventually it went to 20,000 members. They became the seventh largest church in the United States. Uh, and they were receiving, uh, as of between 2004 and 2006, uh, $150 million income. Not $150,000, $150 million. Okay, and of course, you got to say it like that, Reed. Million, because that's a humongous amount. What? Well, surely that's a sign of God's blessing. No, remember what I shared with you, Crohn's uh, theory? Uh, sometimes Satan blesses because he wants false teachers to keep propagating their false teaching. Think about that. Now, her background, she's been married three times. Her first marriage was as a teenager uh, to the, her, the father of her son, Dean Knight. Uh, in 1984, while she was living in Maryland with her newborn baby, she converted to Christianity, but her marriage ended soon after, all right? Well, then she met this guy, Randy White, in 1991, a third-generation preacher in the Church of God, again, charismatic, false-teaching denomination. Uh, White had divorced his first wife, and was in the early stages of, quote, reviving his career as a preacher and evangelist. So he already gone through all that. And then, so they get married in 2000, uh, uh, or they get married, and then on 2007, uh, Randy White announced that he and Paula were getting divorced, right? And uh, then on 2014, she marries rock musician Jonathan Cain from the rock group Journey, uh, uh, as his divorce was finalizing uh, from his second wife, uh, he became engaged to White, and then they got married in 2015. And that's where it stands uh, today. But she is exposed, again, most of the, these guys, people, not, they use the media to get their false teaching out there. And, and her show, again, is Paula White Today. Uh, it appeared on in 2006 on nine television networks, Black Entertainment TV, BET. And again, all these guys typically go after the minorities to rip them off of their cash. That's a common thread. Okay, but once again, they also get a big breakthrough by the jumping on, guess what? The Total Blasphemy Network. I mean, TBN, uh, once again, is promoting this. Now, she has been a personal, quote, minister to Donald Trump 
who discovered her by watching her TV show. He first made contact with her on telephone via telephone in 2002. He went on to bring her often to Atlantic City for private Bible studies and has appeared on her TV show. Uh, she now is, of course, as we know, she's a part of Trump's Evangelical Advisory Board uh, and, uh, and things of that nature. Uh, and again, she is serving as the president's spiritual advisor and has uh, held Oval Office uh, uh, prayer circles with him and uh, has an ongoing spiritual role towards President Trump. Not the person that I would want there. Not even close. First of all, you're teaching false teaching. Your whole title is false. You're not a pastor. And it's one of the worst representations of true biblical Christianity. I wish we could have somebody biblical in his ear, uh, certainly at this time, okay? But again, she's a proponent of prosperity theology, right? Perfect health, perfect wealth, right? Now, as we've seen before, I'm gonna share you a couple of videos that I shared and then some new ones um, on part what? 15, but years ago, I remember when I came across her, just flipping through channels, I couldn't believe it. She was on this uh, TBN, praise the thon. That sounds spiritual, doesn't it? Well, that's the way they drum up cash, okay, is what that means. Okay, and she was on there because she, she has a gimmick that she's well known for. In fact, people often invite her because she has a way of drumming up some serious cash. And what she does is she'll pick a number or she'll pick a Bible verse because that sounds spiritual. And I remember the one I saw, I forget what it was. It was something like Psalm 83, 13. Well, God told her to tell us that that's how much we need to give. $83.13, right? But then she even expands it. Well, maybe that means that some of you could give $8,313 or $83,130, okay? But here she is with that gimmick. She just picks a number. And, and, and of course, what you do is you, you talk soft, right? And that it makes it all spiritual and godly, right? But here she is ripping people off of her cash with God told her to tell us a specific uh, number amount. Well, let's take a look. When I was here for Woman Hour Loose, I did not expect to receive an offering. And the Lord gave me a word, Psalm 126. And the Lord spoke, everyone was to give $106, that when you sow in tears, you're going to reap with joy. And those that bear precious seed, that you bring precious seed, because when you're weeping, when you're in the recovery process, seed is sacrificial. Okay. Seed sacrificial. And he said, you'll come back and you'll bring back, I want you to hear this, you're gonna bring back. And when you come back, you'll bear sheaves, you'll bear your harvest. The Lord spoke to me and I say this humbly before the Lord, because at one time to give this kind of seed wasn't a lot, but today it is an extreme sacrifice. And the Lord said, Paula, you don't give 126, I want you to give 12,600. I said, that's so sacrificial. I obeyed God. Little did I know when I activated that seed and put it in the hands of First Lady and Bishop, that within just months, really within days, God would open up. He would open up and give the favor of the Lord that would bring forth a harvest that was absolutely impossible in the natural, but a situation that turned everything around for my life, for ministry, that God would position me strong going into 2011. I'm telling you right now, the anointing you sow into is the anointing you reap of. I want you to hear me. God's speaking to many. I want you to give a $126 offering. Somebody might be 1260 Somebody might be 12600 But this seed is the sealant. No, it's not. The seed is the process of manipulation of you prosperity false teachers, hucksters, of ripping people off their cash. 
But you see your technique? Psalm 126. God told me to tell you that's how much you're supposed to give. Right? I'm sitting there thinking, why didn't you bump it up to Psalm 150? Or did maybe God give you revelation on the 144,000 in Revelation 7? God. <laughs> and somehow that makes it all better. One guy says this, uh, a theologian. He said, Paula White is a charlatan and recognized as a heretic by every Orthodox Christian of whatever tribe. Uh, another one said uh, of, of her the- theology, quote, that White, White represented a heretical movement and that her then upcoming address at President Trump's inauguration was helping to, quote, introduce heresy into the mainstream public life. Yeah, and I would agree, okay? But then again, see, this was, that was just 126, okay? And, and that was back in 2011, that particular broadcast, okay? Uh, but that was, that was so 120, you know, 2011 ago. That, that was 100... You, Inflation, right? We're, we're going to, you, you, you got to crank it up, right? So, and, and she has. She's now saying that you need to give a whole month's salary. It's so ridiculous and so sickening, even the lost are calling it out on the carpet. Watch this. Donald Trump has a religious advisor. If you can recall, her name is Paula White, and she is one of these people who uh, has gotten incredibly wealthy through the prosperity gospel. She essentially uh, lies to a bunch of people and scams them into giving her a lot of money. And 2018 is no exception. Uh, She is now pushing for something known as first fruits. (laughs) Sounds really weird. That's what Roy Moore wanted. But I'll, we'll explain what it is. Um, I'm trying not to, let's not go off the rails here, okay? okay let's okay. talk about what first fruits really are. So uh, Paula White is urging her followers to donate a first fruits offering of up to their entire salary for the month of January to enjoy blessings for the rest of the year or suffer the consequences of failing to follow God's command. So hmm. here's what she told her parishioners. Each January, I put God first and honor him with the first of our substance by sowing a first fruits offering of one month's pay. That is a big sacrifice, but it is a seed for the harvest I am believing for in the coming year. And God always provides. What? You better provide after you've given up a twelfth of your salary. She's trying to convince people to give her a significant portion of their yeah. pay. And we're not talking about rich people. Like she's not hanging out with the Koch brothers and, you know, asking for, you know, they maybe a thousand bucks at the beginning of the year. No, she's yeah. like these parishioners are not wealthy people and she's totally taking advantage of them. And look, I know that there are some members of the audience who think, well, if these people are not smart enough to avoid getting scammed, then they're getting scammed. That's on them. But you gotta remember Religion for a lot of people is something that they turn to when they need hope. And mm. to know that they get exploited like this, you know, we should do what we can to help them. Even the lost admits that this is wrong and people need to what? Speak up and help these people who are getting what? Ripped off and scammed. You're absolutely right. And yet much of the church says, oh, no, you can't judge, you can't, which is a complete uh, atrocity uh, of even that passage about you shall not judge. It's not even what it was talking about in Matthew 7, okay? But again, the world knows this. They're laughing, they're, and frankly, they're mocking at us. 
This is bad for us. You wonder why it's so hard uh, for people to get saved. But now it gets even worse. Now, remember in the, Peter, he said, and just like remember some of the stories we saw, the guys from God told me or God, a command of that tornado and went whoop, whoop, whoop. Remember that thing? That's a story made up. Remember Jesse Duplantis? Well, Jesus, you know, I, I saw, I saw, you know, King David and he, he told me he, he, he regretted writing some of the Psalms. Remember that baloney? That story's made up. Well, Paula White, again, she's doing the same thing. Okay, they always, this is their technique. And the lady, this just happened, okay, if you've been watching the news, but she has now got a story, which I'm convinced is made up because it ain't biblical. She, did you know, she visited the very throne room of God. Excuse me? Yeah, here it is on tape. My spirit went up and I literally went to the throne room of God. I won't say much. But I'll say something that's important for me to teach you here today. So in that divine encounter, I don't know how long I was there. I just know that kind of power is almost impossible for a natural body to contain. And as I went to the throne room of God, first I saw there was a mist that was coming off the water. And I went to the throne of God. And I didn't see God's face clearly. I saw the face of God. It wasn't a clear, not like I could see your face clearly, but I knew it was the face of God. And as God began, he put a mantle on me. And it was a very distinct mantle. I had no idea that apostle had prophesied. I think you said that there was a mantle that was coming upon me, that there was a new mantle coming upon me. And there was a mantle, and I saw it very distinctly. The color was like a, a goldish, but it, did, it was a yellowish-goldish, a little bit different than your scarf, a little bit brighter than your scarf there. And then I saw the earth for a moment, and then he brought me back, and he put me in certain places, one being the White House, one being certain continents. It was a mass move. I didn't come out of that really until the next morning. You know, my personal theory is the reason why she didn't come out of that until the next morning is because it took her a little while because I don't think that mantle was gold. I think what she was wearing was that white jacket with the straps in the back. And even here in Vegas with some of those magicians, it takes them a while to, you know, get out of that thing. And she made it out in the morning and she could, are you, you what? This is crazy. I was waiting for, of course, it's gold. I was waiting for her to say green and there was money all over it. You liar. This is a story made up. This just happened. And this is the person speaking into our president's ear. Not a good combo at all. Uh, she's no stranger to making other ludicrous statements as well. Earlier this year, she also issued a order to, quote, end satanic pres- pregnancies, claiming that she had taken authority over all satanic pregnancies that seek to harm uh, the church. Last year, she claimed uh, that, listen, she made the White House holy ground at the time of, uh, uh, she claimed, listen to this, listen how arrogant this is. Quote, I have every right and authority to declare the White House as holy ground because I was standing there and where I stand is holy. Direct quote. Man. I'll stand over here while the lightning bolt gets you. You know what I'm saying? That's crazy, folks, okay? 
Uh, and again, she's telling people, if you don't give as much as she says to give and all that stuff, because God told her to tell us, you know, the story's made up that you were going to suffer uh, consequences. Another guy says, Paula White has even obviously given, uh, sadly, false prophecies. Shocker. Okay. Uh, and she's uh, in an interview with a guy named Larry Hutch. They both deny that Jesus is the only begotten son of God. Again, she promotes the false teachings of the prosperity gospel, the word faith. She lives a lavish lifestyle, rakes in the dough, folks. Okay. And it's about, he says, quote, money, money money, money, quote, we pray she turns from her ways. I pray you get out of the White House too. Okay, this is bad, folks. Okay, but I want to clarify because sometimes, you know, I get some interesting emails or comments on YouTube. You shouldn't call people out by name. And how many times we've gone through this, right? We saw in the scripture, Paul called out Hymenaeus, Alexander, and Philetus by name. Oh, by the way, he'd been calling him out for the last 2,000 years in print by name, right? Uh, John called out Diotrephes, right? Jesus, Matthew 23, called out in public Pharisees with exclamation points, might I add. Okay, but the scripture is very clear. Not just you can call out false teachers by name because again how are people going to know well there's this person going around and they're teaching some stuff that's not really good and and you need to stay away from well thank you pastor for sharing that with me man my life is complete and i'm going to stay away from you what no you called them out but the scripture also says listen with false teachers we are not to partner with them we are not to even treat them as believers. We are not to befriend them. We are not to endorse them. They are actually to be marked out and avoided. Open your Bibles to Romans 16. I want you to see this with your own eyes, okay? In case somebody comes up, that's wrong. You guys shouldn't be calling names. That ain't right. Excuse me. Let's, see. Let's do what the Bible says. Not just call them out in the names, but how should we treat false teachers? You chum up with them? I don't think so. Romans 16, okay? And of course, Romans was written by Paul. That's right. You guys are doing good, right? Romans and uh, 16, verses 17 through 18, almost at the very bottom there. Okay, but here's what Paul clearly says. Okay, verse 17 says, I urge you, brothers, to watch out for those that cause divisions. Does false teaching cause division? Absolutely it does. And who put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. You got it? So clearly false teachers, divisive people, divisive rotten. Here's what you do. Keep away from them. Now, how much more clear you got to get than that? You keep away from them, right? For such people are not serving our Lord Jesus Christ, but here it is, what? Their own appetites. What's Peter say? In their greed. They're doing this because they're using you like a product, man. You're a means to the end. They're ripping you off the cash. They're on a power trip. They're on a money trip, right? It's their own appetites. That's why they're doing all this stuff. And then continue by what? God told me to tell you. I was just all, I just felt good. God spoke to me, and I don't know how long it lasted, but this mist came all over, and I saw it was the face of God. No, you liar. By smooth talk and what? Flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. Okay, Second John. Okay, if you find Revelation, take a little bit of a left. Okay, Second John. And uh, if you find First John, what do you do? Hang your right. All right. But Second John, and of course, what chapter? There's only one chapter for these who wonder. I'm stalling time, all right? And uh, 2 John, uh, verse 9 and 11, right? Here's what he says. Anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teaching of Christ, are we seeing any of that? Yeah. Okay, what, what's he say? Does not have God. So John says, man, there's a good indicator. These people might not even be saved, right? I'm not saying this, right? And then flip it around if you don't think that's what he's talking about. Whoever continues in the teaching has what? Both the Father and the Son. 
Okay, now, if anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, i.e. true biblical teaching, okay, what do you do? Do not take him into your house or welcome him. Okay, anyone who welcomes him shares in his wicked work. You don't befriend them. You don't mess around with them. You don't hang around them. You don't do nothing with them or you're gonna actually help them to propagate what they're doing. I'm just reading the Bible. So don't say this is too harsh. You shouldn't call it names. And you know, we need to all get along and work together. No, not if they're a false teacher. You need to call them out, okay? But she's not the only woe man uh, who is preaching this heresy of word faith. So is this next lady, Marilyn Hickey, okay? Uh, her full name is Marilyn Aline Hickey, born in 1931. She's an American minister. Oops, <laughs> false teaching, false teaching, right? And televangelist who teaches nationally and internationally, unfortunately. Uh, she was born in Texas. When she was a young girl, I am not making this up, pay attention. When she was a young girl, Hickey's parents were professing Methodists, Okay, first of all, Methodist, we saw that's another connection there to get some false teaching, and attended church services only casually. Listen, her family suffered, I'm not making this up, from hereditary mental disorders. You read the Psalms, and you're reading Psalms, and all of a sudden you see that word off to the right there, S-E-L-A-H, Selah. You know what that means? It means stop, pause, reflect. Consider what you're reading right now. In case you've ever wondered what that word meant. Okay, that's what it means. Just, oh, stop. Don't care. Reflect on what you just read. I'll say this again. Her family suffered from hereditary mental disorders. Selah. Let's pause. Let's reflect. And <laughs> I kid you not. Her father had it after her grandfather and her great-grandfather that had it even before, quote, the devil and his imps got to her at the age of 36. But they clarify, she was the only one in her family not to suffer a mental disorder. Hmm. Sila. Let's move on. Also in her family uh, has a history of heart disease. Hickey herself at the age of 11 was told by her doctor she had an enlarged heart that progressively got worse before she got surgery. Uh, she became a Christian, wink, wink, uh, when she was a teenager. She met Wallace Hickey at the Assemblies of God Church. Okay, so there's your other introduction into this false teaching. He was there serving as a pastor. Uh, they were married in 1954, and then he, her, she and her husband, Wallace, met T.L. Osborne. Remember him from the tent revivals? So she got hooked up into that camp as well. Okay, and they began traveling around her husband's car doing tent revival meetings. So she learned the huckster trade uh, during that time as well. After a short time, uh, they eventually moved to uh, Colorado. They founded the Full Gospel Chapel. Again, remember what the term full gospel is? It doesn't mean what you and I think it means, like get saved through Jesus and him and only. No, it's all this other charismatic speaking, blab it and grab it and stuff. Okay, uh, they later changed their name to or Orchid uh, Road Christian Center, became one of the largest churches in the Denver area, later turned over the pastorate to their daughter, Sarah. So, okay, uh, and, and the son-in-law, uh, Reese, uh, they now change their name called the Encounter Church uh, and they meet in Centennial, Colorado. But she's been airing on TV, folks, since 1973. She's been going a long time. She's a, one of these survivors from the tent revival era, right? And uh, we'll see proof of that here in a second. Uh, and since 1996, uh, she's co-hosted a program with her daughter, Sarah, called Today with Marilyn and Sarah. Uh, it could be seen on various uh, networks, including Daystar, but also, that's right, seeing a pattern here, Total Blasphemy Network. 
uh, is also airing her stuff. And guess what? <gasps> this is such a surprise. Can you believe that, folks? This lady right here, Marilyn Hickey, served as a member of the Board of Regents of Oral Roberts University. What a cesspool of stuff coming out of that place, okay? Uh, Marilyn Hickey, of course, is a prominent word faith teacher known for, listen, manipulative, deceptive fundraising tactics, okay, to get people's money. Uh, and her typical teachings include statements like this, and I quote, what do you need? I, she says, need money. So start creating it. Start speaking about it. Start speaking it into being, Speak to your billfold. Say, you big, thick billfold full of money. Speak to your checkbook. Say, you checkbook, you never looked so prosperous since I owned you. You're just jam full of money. And you can, come on. That, that's just out of quote. There's no way she said that. Well, here's the actual audio. What do you need? I need money. Then start creating it. Start speaking about it. Start speaking it into being. Speak to your billfold. Say, you big, thick billfold full of money. Speak to your checkbook. Say, you checkbook, you've never been so prosperous since I owned you. You're just jammed full of money. You've got pain and disease in your body. Speak to your body. God will create the fruit of your lips. No, you just need to shut your lips. But can you believe that? Folks, that's, that's New Age, Hinduism. You have the God force power within you. I came out of this baloney in the cold, right? And that you have the power to speak because you are a God. Right? And you could speak into existence and change your reality, creative visualization, all that kind of baloney. But you slap Christianese on it, somehow it's okay. Nuts. But again, remember the prosperity gospel, false gospel, that's only half of it. They not only promote that you create wealth and the only ones getting wealthier are them, okay? But you also can create perfect health, okay? And she's made statements like this quote, say to your body, your whole body, why you just function so beautifully and so well why body you never have any problems you're a strong healthy body speak to your leg speak to your foot speak to your neck speak to your back speak to a psychiatrist I inserted that right there okay uh, and, and once you've spoken and believe it you received and don't go back on speak to your wife speak to your husband speak to your circumstances and speak faith to them to create in them and God will create whatever you are speaking no he won't you're not God but I'm sitting there thinking I don't know don't take this wrong ladies I'm not trying to whatever but remember she says you just speak to your body and you got health and she's a millionaire off of all this baloney but okay so so anybody all these word faith teachers they should be the epitome of health and if, and if, if something were to start to try to come out on you unhealthy okay including the coronavirus you should just speak it right off well I did a comparison right here's Marilyn Hickey when she was younger and here's Marilyn Hickey today Yes, Ruth, oh wow, is the understatement of the year. Now, my theory is this. Either you're lying or your faith or face is faltering. Well, what's your guys' theory? Uh, maybe she should sow a seed into her own ministry to get, speak to those wrinkles. Did she say that on her list? No, she didn't say it. See, that's the problem. She didn't say speak to the wrinkles. Oh, I can't believe these people. Why do we have to help them out? Are you serious? Every one of these hucksters who've been doing this for decades are getting older. They got ailments. They go to the hospital just like everybody else. You liar. And the proof, I kid you not, pun intended, is on their face. Give me a break. Perfect health, I don't see it happening to you. Give me a break. Oh, and by the way, if you're supposed to have perfect health and all you gotta do is just speak it, 
right? Her husband of 57 years, Wallace, that we mentioned earlier, he died, listen, not just of Alzheimer's disease. Well, how could that happen? Perfect health, perfect wealth, right? A, quote, long battle of Alzheimer's disease. Well, how could it even not just have Alzheimer's, the guy, but how could it be a long battle? You should have spoke to it a long time ago. It's a bunch of baloney. It's stories made up. It's false teaching. People are getting ripped off. And he eventually died from it. Okay. Uh, one guy says, I was watching uh, Miss Hickey teach this very principle on a TV station in Southern California. Ten minutes later, she told her viewers that if we didn't send money, her program would have to be dropped from the station. As he rightly concluded, this meant that Miss Hickey did not believe her own teachings. Because if she did, and if this prosperity scam worked as she claimed, she would not have to be needing to ask her viewers for donations. Just speak to your billfold. Speak to that checkbook. Why do you have to keep asking people to give you money and then threatening them, I'm going to be cut off. Ah! Or as Paul White says, you're going to be disobeying God. You're going to suffer the consequences. Folks, this is ridiculous, right? Oh, but see, she's also known for deceptive uh, tactics. Listen to this. Marilyn Hickey, quote, uh, is selling, listen, not rubber bands. Not red rubber bands. But John, anointed red rubber bands. Now listen, listen. You could wear a red rubber band on your wrist you can get from her for seven days only for ten bucks. You could probably get a thousand red rubber bands for two bucks and she's going to charge you ten bucks for what? You got to be kidding me, right? And in in the past, oh that's that's just the anointed red rubber band for ten bucks. Uh, in the past, she's also offered uh, blessed pennies. You think she'd at least throw in a $5 bill or something, you cheapo, right? A blessed penny. <laughs> Miracle carrot seeds. Miracle healing cloths. Oh, and she even goes on to anointed prayer cloths. Ceremonial breastplates. Ropes that can be used as points of contact. And in one of her appeal letters, Hickey promises that she will slip in to a ceremonial breastplate herself. And press your prayer request to her heart and she will place your request on her shoulders all quote for a suggested donation you anyway it gets even further she of course says that this is a God kind of faith it's confession brings possession receiving follows giving and she also of course blames not only your financial problems but your health problems on demons quote if, if you, this is from her, if you have suffered with chronic sickness for years or you have hereditary illnesses, stop right there. Your family had what? And you're going to say all this is from demons. You just undercut your whole family and yourself. Let's move on. Uh, but you're not supposed to know that. But anyway, uh, if you have suffered with chronic sickness for years or you have, she says, hereditary disease in your body, it's the work of demons. Physical infirmities such as allergies, arthritis, cancer, tumors, blindness, deafness, epilepsy, asthma, migraines, paralysis are often caused by demon spirits. In fact, people that are restless and cannot sleep, I tell you, those are demon spirits. They're driven by demonic spirits. No, lady, you're driven by a demonic spirit because you're propagating false teachings. Wow. Because that's what demons do. John chapter 8. Satan's not only a liar. He's the father of all lies, including this baloney. That's where this stuff is coming from. Now, real quick, we got one more really popular, unfortunately popular, another false teacher, Joyce Meyer. 
okay, out there, unfortunately, big time. Her full name, real name is Pauline Joyce Hutchinson, before she got married, of course. She's an American uh, charismatic author and speaker, president, of course, Joyce Meyer Ministries, and her husband, Dave. They got four kids. They live outside St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, they also have their headquarters in St. Louis. She was born in 1943. Uh, her first marriage, she was uh, married to a part-time car salesman. What's the word? Sila. Let that sink in. Little technique thing there. Uh, shortly after her senior high school year, uh, the marriage lasted only five years. Uh, she was frequenting local bars before she met her uh, current husband, Dave, uh, who was an engineering draftsman. They were married in 1967. And then she, in theory, gets saved, right? And here's how it supposedly went down. She was praying intensely while driving to work one morning in 1976. And she, quote, she, she said she heard God call her name. Yeah. That's what it was, right? And then, I kid you not, I'm not making this up. She says that she came home later that day from a beauty appointment, quote, full of liquid love and was drunk with the Spirit of God while at the local bowling alley. Drunk with what? At the bowling alley? Liquid liquid whiskey, maybe? I don't know. Selah. Let's throw in a double selah on this one. (laughs) Are you serious? Anyway, then she starts going to a Lutheran church in St. Louis. She starts leading this Bible class. Next thing you know, she becomes active in a charismatic church. So that's where she gets hooked in there. Within a few years, she was the church's associate. Part 15, part 15, go watch it. Okay. Uh, the church became one of the leading charismatic churches in the area. She began airing, airing daily 15-minute radio broadcasts on the St. Louis radio station. 1985, she starts her own ministry called Life in the Word. Then she begins airing radio stations in Chicago and Kansas City. 1993, she switches, she goes to TV, okay, and she airs on WGN TV in Chicago, the big super station. Okay, got there. And BET, right? Again, going after uh, a lot of the minority crowd there. And uh, then a show now called enjoying everyday life then in 2002 mainstream publisher hatchet book group group paid meyer over 10 million dollars for the rights to her backlist of books that she had written up to that point in 2004 uh, uh at least somebody spoke up even as far back as that this was a christian television station in st louis praise god for these people they dropped her programming according to, quote, Meyer's excessive lifestyle and her teachings often going beyond scripture. Praise God for you. Somebody actually spoke up and did something. You know what, folks? If all so-called Christian networks would do the same thing, these guys wouldn't have an audience. They'd be belly up overnight. But dare I say some of these people, they'll be glad to take money from these people because even their so-called Christian broadcasts are more concerned about money than broadcasting God's truth. And that's a whole other aspect. In 2005, she was listed in Times Magazine, 20, one of the 25th most influential evangelicals in America. All right, so at least she's, she's spot on on the word and, and doing all that stuff. And I don't think so, not even close. Let me just give you a taste of the plethora of false teachings coming out of this lady's mouth. Uh, she believes that Jesus stopped being the son of God. And I quote, he could have helped himself, speaking of Jesus, up until the point where he said, I commend my spirit into your hands. At that point, he couldn't do nothing for himself anymore. Quote, he was no longer the son of God. He was sin. Response, this is heresy. 
heresy. Jesus did not ever stop being the son of God. Uh, saying that he stopped uh, is saying he stopped being divine. That he stopped being the eternal son of God, the second person of the Trinity. It's an attack on Jesus' deity. It's an attack on the Trinity, okay? He also said that Jesus was born again. And I quote, the minute that blood sacrifice was accepted, Jesus was the first human being that was ever born again. No, the response to that, it's not just wrong, but as we know, only people who have a sin nature, sin nature who are in need of saving are born again. Jesus was sinless. He never sinned. He can't be born again. You see what I'm That's a, f- a horrible false teaching, which implies that Jesus sinned just like us. She says, quote, Jesus paid for our sins in hell, as we saw the other hucksters also teach as well. Quote, she says, during that time, he, Jesus, entered hell. He paid the price there. Excuse me, what Bible are you reading? Let me give you just a couple of scriptures, okay? Jesus paid the price on the cross, okay? Uh, uh, in John 19, Jesus said it was, uh, was finished on the cross. It is finished. That's when he made the statement on the cross. He didn't make that statement in hell. He never went to hell. Colossians 1.20, having made peace through his blood on the cross. Colossians 2.14, having canceled out the certificate of debt, having nailed it to the cross. 1 Peter chapter 2, and he himself, Jesus, bore our sins in his body on the cross. What Bible are you reading? Okay, she also said that Jesus not only went to hell, which again, if Jesus went to hell, we're all going to hell. Because hell is only for the unrighteous, the sinner whose sins have not been forgiven through Jesus. Right? Who are trying to get to God some other way than his only way. Okay? She said, quote, God rose up from his throne and said to demon powers, tormenting the sinless son of God, let him go. And one person said, where does she get this entirely fictitious dialogue between God and demon powers? It's made up. It ain't found in the scripture. You know what that says? That's a story made up. What Peter warned about. But there is no such thing. Jesus, we saw, I'm I'm going to belabor this because we had a bigger study on this. Jesus never went to hell. He went to Sheol or Hades, which was the place of the departed dead, which had two compartments. On the one side was hell. On the other side was Abraham's bosom or paradise, which Jesus said on the cross when he paid the price for our sins and completed it there on the cross. He said to the thief who believed in him next to him on the cross, you'll be with me in hell and we're all gonna burn in hell. No, he said, you'll be with me where? In paradise. Jesus never went there. And then we saw when it says, well, Jesus said it was, he's preaching to the spirits there. Well, yeah, he was proclaiming victory okay, across the chasm that you couldn't, you could see across, but you can't cross. There's two compartments at that time okay he never went to hell stop and think about folks hell is for the damned hell is for the unrighteous hell is for the people whose sins have not been forgiven Jesus could never have gone to hell it's crazy but here's what's even crazier she says quote if you don't believe that Jesus went to hell you cannot be saved and I quote folks this is this lady who is extremely popular. You try calling her out, man, you'll have, I listen to her all the time. She's wonderful. I'm not joking. And folks, I'm just, mm. she said, quote, his spirit, Jesus, went to hell because that's where we deserve to go. Quote, there is no hope of anyone going to heaven unless they believe this truth. So you're saying that we can't be saved from our sins unless we believe that Jesus went to hell, which is where we deserve to go for our sins. That's heresy, man. That's a false gospel. That's adding to the gospel. 
and it's not even the gospel, okay? And of course, she believes that uh, we're the little gods, right? That, that baloney, right? And um, which we've already dealt with and uh, in, in, in big degree. And of course, she believes that she can get, that's right, revelation knowledge. See, you know, it's because God speaks to her directly like all these other people. Unlike the rest of you and I, I don't, we're doing something wrong. You know, I don't know what's, what's going on, but they got these secret powers and secret, secret connections. I, I haven't, I don't know, I keep trying to do 911 or I don't know, uh, or maybe I keep hitting 666. No wonder it never goes through. I don't know what's the problem there. I should try, you know, 333 or the Trinity. I don't know, but I don't have enough minutes on my phone. But anyway, she gets this uh, uh, direct knowledge from God, quote, and listen to this. This is scary. Here's how she justifies it. Quote, the Bible can't even find a way to explain this. That is why you have got to get it by revelation. Oh, that's a triple C law. You know what you just opened up? You just opened up a heretic's Pandora's box. Because that's your ultimate excuse, isn't it? You and I, of course, as Christians, sola scriptura, everything we believe in is right here in this book. And how do we know if something's false? If it doesn't line up here, ma'am, it's false teaching. Go to sleep at night. You know what she just said? No, see, this is so spiritual that, that it's not even in here. But God told me to tell you. Folks, that's dangerous. No wonder there's so much false teaching coming out of these people's mouths. Okay, one guy says, is she on par with the apostles who receive revelation, knowledge from God himself? How about the Old Testament prophets? Does she, like them, also receive revelation from God? If so, quote, how would we know if it were true or not? Quote, the answer is simple. We test what she says according to the scripture, and it's obvious she's not getting these things from God because she contradicts the word of God. Crazy. But again, what she teaches is the prosperity false teaching perfect health, perfect wealth, baloney, that you can speak whatever you want, perfect health and perfect wealth into existence. But here's her in action, twisting the scripture, saying, that's right, God told me to tell you what this verse means is we're guaranteed perfect health. Let's take a look. Third John 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you might prosper in every way and that your body might keep well, even as I know your soul prospers and keeps well. So we see right there that God wants us to be healthy. Can everybody say, God wants me to be healthy? This is not a theological statement. This is not a doctrinal statement. It's not a statement of teaching. It's not a didactic, not a teaching statement. It's simply a common greeting to a letter. Nothing more and nothing less. And the faith preachers know it, but they don't want you to know it because it just happens to fit their theology. And they are counting on their followers and their listeners being biblically illiterate so that they can fall for their schemes. These people are charlatans. Yep. I mean, that, that's all it is. It's just a common greeting. It's like if I say, hey, I wish you well. Have a great day. <gasps> Pastor Billy said everything's going to be well. Everything's perfectly fine. I'm guaranteed perfect wellness, perfect wholeness. What? I just said I wish you well. That's, what it, that's all it is. It's a greeting. You don't build a doctrine off of that. It's like you're saying, hi. It's crazy. Okay, but he's right. If these people, you really don't promote Bible study, serious Bible study, because God told them to tell us what's really going on. And people fall for it because they don't know their Bibles. Okay, but she's not just a charlatan, folks. Okay, she's a hypocrite. Okay, big time. Because, remember, it's perfect health. And we saw that, unfortunately, Marilyn Hickey, the, her, her faith is is falling down or something 
okay? But Joyce Meyer, she had a facelift. You know what they call it in the South? You're a hypocrite. You're a hypocrite. Why didn't you just speak your, if you didn't like your face, speak it into better existence. Get rid of those wrinkles, right? Give Marilyn Hickey a call. You guys can go in on it together. She'll speak to your face and you speak to her face and you're good to go. Isn't that what sisters would do, right? And I quote, this is actually admitted by her on ABC News. They inter- interviewed her, quote. She said, I-, I had some work done on my face. You know, I prayed about it a long, 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 long time. I didn't say that she did. That's how many times she said that, five times. But see, that makes it spiritual. Long time. She said, I wouldn't want to do anything I felt was going to be offensive to God, but I, I felt like he was just, he just, he, he came to my heart, you know, and he just told me that, Joyce, it's your face. Do what you want to do. You hypocrite. That's a story made up. And then she even admits, listen, I did it for me. It made me feel good because that's what Jesus said. If anyone be my disciple, the first thing you do is you live for yourself. No, you deny yourself. Come pick up your cross and follow him. Uh, and then, then she even tries to justify it. And you know, when you're in front of millions of people every day, you want to look your best. And then she, she says this, you know, it's like common sense. She says, it's no wonder that Christianity is not very attractive. I mean, how many people do you know in a Western culture that's gonna say, yeah, give me some of that? You know, speaking of somebody that doesn't, you know, that has wrinkles and is getting older. Are you serious? Her ministry, listen to this, Joyce Myers brings in per year an estimated $100 million every year. One-tenth of a billion dollars ripping people off of that. But it's not just this lie with perfect health that apparently she doesn't believe herself. She paid somebody to fix her face, okay? Uh, But it's also that you can have perfect wealth, okay? Here she is twisting yet more scripture. Let's take a look at this. Do I believe that God wants to bless us? Yes. But when you go to the conferences, you ask people to give money. So sure. you say, do it cheerfully. Yeah. Because the Bible says, give and it shall be given unto you. See, giving is a major part of the whole Christian doctrine. But do you believe that if someone gives money to the ministry, right. that more will come back to them? Yes. Absolutely. I think that's what they mean by prosperity gospel. Yes. No, but you worry at all that that sometimes your message will be heard by someone in the most dire circumstances. It's a sort of roulette wheel, a sort of gamble with God. Okay, well, I can't pay the rent, but I'll give it to Joyce and we'll see what happens. Do you worry at all that that happens? I totally know. I don't worry about that. Joyce Meyer says, no, I totally don't worry about that. Well, I'm sure she doesn't, but she should. Because right now, even as we speak, There are thousands of people all around the world who are watching TBN and Daystar and Lasea Broadcasting and the Word Network and all these things. And they are hearing this endless drivel of saying, you send us your money and God will give you a harvest. And there are people at home, they are poor, they are sick, they are desperate, they have sick children. And so in desperation, they get out their checkbook or they get out their credit card and they send in money to these multi-millionaire preachers who fly in private jets 
and who live in multi-million dollar homes. Jesse Duplantis, for example, lives in a 35,000 square foot parsonage. But when your wealth is gained off of preying upon the hopes and fears of hurting and sick and desperate people, there's a lot wrong with that. When your wealth is gained off of distorting the gospel of Jesus Christ, there's a lot wrong with that. And that's why Second Peter 2, 3 said, And their condemnation has long been hanging over them, and their destruction has not been sleeping. You're going to have a payday from God. And it's not going to be a good one. But real quick, she is getting rich. Again, her ministry takes in $100 million estimate per year. She lives an excessive lifestyle. Quote, she says that she doesn't need to defend her spending habits because there's no need to apologize for being blessed. She's got a multi-million dollar corporate jet. Her husband owns a $107,000 Mercedes sedan. Uh, They have a a $2 million home, uh, another $2 million home for her kids, a $20 million headquarters furnished with, listen, $5.7 million just in furniture. I didn't say $5,700 in furniture. I didn't say $500,000, million just in the furniture, including a $30,000 Malachite round table, a $23,000 marble top antique commode, a $14,000 custom bookcase, $7,000 stations of the cross Dresden porcelain, $6,300 sculpture of an eagle on a pedestal, another eagle made from a silver uh, bot for $5,000, numerous paintings, anywhere from $1,000 to $4,000 a pop, among many other expensive items, all paid for by the ministry. In fact, she's been a part of an IRS probe and she cut a deal. Listen to this. She's, oh, I feel so sorry. She said after that probe, she's announced to make plans to take a salary reduction. She's going to go, she's going to take a salary reduction from the normal $900,000 per year she had been receiving. In addition to her husband receiving $450,000 as well. And you don't think God's watching this? And yet, this is nuts. I can't believe this. She's probably one of the most popular You know what that number is? More than 2.5, not million, 2.5 billion people are turning, tuning into her television broadcast on 400 stations around the world. That's a huge, massive chunk of the planet. Not America, the planet. And booksellers say Meyer is the top-selling female Christian author in the United States. And she's peddling this and pushing all kinds of false teaching. And dare I say a false gospel if you say that I have to believe that Jesus went to hell in order to be saved. And you wonder why it's so hard to witness to people today. Oh, you're one of those. All you want is my money. Where'd that come from? And you and I have to deal with that. Unfortunately, that's not all that's coming out of the charismatic movement. They're also merging with Catholicism. And they're a part of this giant ecumenical movement working together to say, can't we all get along, so-called Protestants and Catholics, to form this great one world religion? What do you think that sounds like? Yeah, something the Bible warned us about, but Lord willing, we'll get to that next time. Let's pray. Well, hi, this is Billy Crone of Get Life Ministries, and I hope you were blessed with this study. But in closing, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, 
Are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? Before you answer that, let me share a couple things that the Bible says. Did you know that the Bible says that God is holy and that we are not? And the wages of our sin or unholiness is death. In other words, we deserve to die and go straight to hell and be separated from God for all eternity. This is the great cosmic dilemma. God who is holy and we are not, how can we have a relationship with Him? The two will never mix. Now, to make matters worse, we don't even want to admit this, even though God already knows He's God. And so God, out of love, gave us something called the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were not something to just memorize or stick on your wall or give the appearance of being a religious person. The Ten Commandments were God's divine x-ray, if you will, into our heart and soul to reveal this truth that we need to admit. And that is this, that God is holy and that we are not. We are disqualified for heaven. So let's take a look at that divine x-ray that God's trying to get us to realize. Uh, the, the Ten Commandments, the, the ninth one says, you shall not bear false witness. That's lying. Okay. How many guys have ever told a lie? Raise your hand. Okay. Well, if you didn't raise your hand, you just did. You just told a lie because we've all done that. Well, that makes us a liar. The, another Ten Commandment says that you shall not steal. Don't ever take anything without permission. How many of you guys uh, have ever done that? Well, you guys already said you're a bunch of liars. All of our hands should have went up on that one. And for being honest, God already knows. Folks, we've all taken something. We've stolen something, right? That makes us a thief. Another Ten Commandments says that you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. He's not just holy. Even His name is holy. Hey, folks, let's be honest. If you can believe it, even the name of Jesus Christ uh, has been turned into a common cuss word. Well, the Bible says that's a sin of blasphemy. Now we're a, a blasphemer. The Bible says you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus said, here's his standard. Uh, uh, even if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you committed adultery in your heart. Wow, so now we're an adulterer. The Bible says you shall not murder. And you might think, well, hey, at least I haven't done that one. Really? Again, the Bible says that the sin of hatred, wishing somebody was dead, okay, that, that's the same thing. Uh, it's akin to the sin of murder. It's just you pulled the trigger in your heart, but God sees the heart. Hey, folks, that's just five out of ten. How are you doing? You still think you're going to get to heaven on your own? You still think that you're qualified, that you're holy like God, and you could bridge the gap and have a relationship with Him forever? I don't think so. I mean, what did we just see? You're going to stand before God, and so am I. We all are. And we're going to have to give an account for who we are. Hey, hey, God, let me in. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a liar. I'm a thief. I'm a blasphemer. I'm an adulterer. I'm a murderer. And the scripture is very clear, folks. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of God. We're in trouble. But folks, here's the good news. The Bible says that if we would just admit that, that's the first step to admit that God is holy, that I'm not, I'm disqualified for heaven. I need a savior. If we would admit that and then ask for the savior to save us. That's what God was doing with Jesus. God gave us His Son, Jesus Christ. He took the death penalty in our place so that we could be completely forgiven of everything we've ever done and be made holy through Jesus so that we can now have a relationship with God both here and now and forever in heaven. We can become qualified. The word that the Bible uses is a word called pardon, that God is willing to pardon us of all of our sins and crimes that we've committed against him and disqualified us that disqualified us for heaven. Right. And we've actually seen this work in real life. Uh, For instance, uh, there's been people who have committed crimes, gone to court. 
the gavel's been passed. The judge has said, hey, listen, we all know you're guilty. Uh, you even admit you're guilty. And uh, for your crimes, you're going to not just jail, you're going to uh, await in jail to go to the death penalty. And did you know that there actually is a way that somebody could get off of death row? It's called a pardon. The one in the authority, the governor, can grant what's called a pardon for that person's crimes, and they literally can go free. Not because of something they did, because the deeds are already done, you can't undo it. Not because of they tried to clean up their act while they were stuck in the jail cell, because that doesn't change anything. But simply out of mercy, the person who has the authority can give them a pardon, and they can go free. And did you know it's actually on historical record that there have been people who have been granted a pardon from the death penalty and they've refused to take it. And so even though the offer was there to be set free, they themselves still had to go to the death penalty. Folks, in a nutshell, that's what God's doing every single day with all of us this side of heaven. While you still have breath, you still have an opportunity to receive God's pardon He's willing to forgive you of all your sins if you would just receive his pardon through Jesus Christ. Again, that's what he was doing on the cross. The cross was the death penalty of the day. But since we weren't there and since we can't earn it, it's a gift from God. You have to receive that by faith. Reach out even today from your own spiritual jail cell, if you will, and say yes to Jesus and God's pardon so that you can be set free and go to heaven. The Bible says that if you will confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the grave, you will be saved. Hey, folks, if that's you, don't delay. You may not even have tomorrow. Today could be your last day. Please accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Confess with your mouth he is Lord. Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the grave. And the Bible says you will be saved. Well, this has been Billy Crone of Gill Life Ministries. If there's anything that we could do for you, our information and, and number will come up here shortly. And please don't hesitate to contact us. But remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless.